0: Chapter 51, London Gallows, England, Saturday morning, 9 a.m., 1695. Marcy stood on the gibbet, the rope chafing her neck, attempting unsuccessfully to scratch the lice from her shoulder with bound hands. Her one consolation, the day's brisk turnout, quickly overshadowed by the offer of a feed bag for her head. An offer she declined upon the realization the bags were used. From his vantage point, atop the highest structure on the square, clocking in at a whopping two and a half stories, Bill used his binoculars to scope the layout below. His quiet, controlled wife, a notorious pirate. He laughed every time he thought about it. But there she stood, unrepentant, her short hair blowing in the wind, a noose about her neck. He signaled the others with a circular wave, and with a deep breath, he brought his longbow up, aligning his shot, calculating wind, speed, and trajectory instinctively, and used the fireplace slider he'd brought back yesterday to ignite a pitch dipped arrow. The drumming stopped, and Marcy was shoved forward, her toes nearing the edge of the platform the noose tightening around the tendons of her neck with an ominous creak. Her heart dropped, her thoughts of Bill. He would never learn of her ignominious fate, yet she hoped he knew, behind her testiness, the withholding of physical affection, the constant nitpicking, was a heart full of love for his plain ways. As she stood, the constable beside her, reading the execution orders in a loud, booming voice, marcy took a deep breath before closing her eyes but then she opened them because she was furious to witness a series of strange anomalies the first odd thing marcy saw was the flutter of colorful feathers as a parrot soared overhead swooping through the cool gray english skies with a squawk the second oddity was a flaming arrow that severed the hangman's rope to marcy's noose before embedding itself in the beam behind her, igniting the wooden scaffolding. Another burning arrow followed, embedding itself in the thigh of the constable beside her. He slid down to the planks, moaning, his execution orders aflame. This was followed by the discordant sounds of bleating goats, hundreds of goats, as a herd of enraged quadrupeds poured into the public square thundering wildly through the frightened and fleeing crowds, capsizing children, the slow-footed, and the elderly as they scattered in all directions. The final bizarre sight was a grappling hook looping around the hangman's beam overhead and the miraculous image of her husband, Bill, here in the 17th century. A Native American longbow strapped to his back, a rope in one hand and the other hand reaching for her as he swung awkwardly up to the decking of the scaffolding and teetered woozily in front of her disbelieving eyes before righting himself. For the first time in her life, and his, Marcy threw herself into Bill's arms, kissing him soundly on the lips. He'd found her. However improbable it seemed, he'd found her. And just in the nick of time. Oh, hey! Bill brandished his pocket knife, slicing the rope from her wrists as he kicked the constables' hands from their grasp on their feet. The flames licked the gibbet as the wind shifted, blowing the stinging smoke into their eyes while they embraced. I can't believe it's you, Marcy cried. Bill cocked his head, hearing the welcome commotion of a wagon clattering through the cobblestone square skidding to a stop at the base of the burning platform under their feet. Bill pointed to the cart below. You two lovebirds done already, Kit demanded from her perch in the passenger seat. Lizzie and Aaron threw off their peasant robes, tossing the staffs they'd used to drive the goats into the square aside while shouting for them to jump. Bill tossed his weapon down to the cart, taking Marcy's hand as they leapt from the burning gibbet, the flames licking their heels the constable reaching for the fugitives as they went airborne. The Finkels landed with dual thuds in the bed of the hay-filled apple cart, knocking the wind from them momentarily. Una and Aaron fired deflective shots with their muskets as Bill rolled to his feet, hefting his longbow to beat the soldiers back from the cart as it rumbled through the square. Genevieve tossed Marcy her sword, which she immediately made use of. Carrying with two soldiers clinging to the side of the wagon, forcing them back as the cart took flight, clattering down a narrow side street. Sebastian and Juana, who'd started several fires as a means of distraction in the nearby markets and homes, nimbly threw themselves into the cart bed as it surged forward, throwing the occupants back as they hit the open cobblestones and shot beyond the fleeing crowds with a burst of horsepower. I hope you've learned your lesson, you pig. The duchess declared breezily as she drove the horses, her sharp gaze turning to Bill. Never mind her, Bill. She thinks you're someone else. Marcy shouted over the wind. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I've looked everywhere. Bill confessed. I was afraid I'd never find you. The cart swerved crazily down the narrow lanes, sending chickens flying. (laughs) Residents running as they trundled through the back alleys to a deserted quay near the docks where the Duchess slowed her speed. The seagulls wheeled across the shining waters of the bay as they pulled up in a cloud of dust. The Blackheart floated tranquilly on the distant waves, cheers rising from her deck. Marcy waved to the crew as she clambered down from the cart, and Bill helped the others debark. Surrounded by her jubilant friends, talking over one another as they bragged about her dramatic rescue from the hangman, Marcy struggled to answer their barrage of questions and glad tidings. Captain Marcy, Aaron beamed, come, we must get to the ship. The constable will know we've headed to the water, the Duchess warned, jumping from the driver's seat. Marcy, Bill pointed to his watch, I'm taking you home. It could be any moment. You'll have to leave your crew, I'm afraid. Genevieve tried to pull her to the rowboat, bobbing in the shallows where the others were already aboard, but Marcy pulled back. I can't, Genevieve. I want to go home with my husband. I'm sorry, but thank you for saving my life, Marcy explained, her eyes filling with tears though she smiled, pulling the startled young woman into a rare hug before pushing her toward the rowboat. You are the captain now, Genevieve. You know what to do. I understand. Genevieve nodded as she stepped towards the dinghy may not fully understand what you see in him exactly, but I do love love. Are you sure he can help you escape? You're England's most wanted woman, Captain. That won't be a problem, Marcy assured her. You'll see. It's time, Bill announced, taking several steps back to an open patch of ground, his eyes on the countdown. Are you ready? I'm ready for a shower and a nap, Marcy announced, taking Bill's hand with one of hers and waving goodbye to her crew with the other, muttering, Please tell me we can just go home and sleep in a real bed for days. Well, there is this one little thing with the Sanders we'll need to take care of first, Bill winced. I'm sure you've noticed they're evil. Boom. Whoosh. Whoosh.